0: Loose Heads Podcast Loose Heads Podcast, Looseheads Looseheads
1: podcast. podcast. Hi guys, it's Loose Liner here, Harlequin's player and you're listening to the Loose Heads Podcast.
0: Hi Lewis, great to have you on the podcast this week and have a bit of a yarn. Just to say to to the listeners, for this week's podcast, we've partnered with Restart Rugby ahead of Round 12 of the Gallagher Premiership. Round 12 is dedicated to the official charity of the Rugby Players Association, the RPA, and Restart are raising vital funds and awareness throughout the weekend to support players facing the unthinkable right now. And Lewis, you're a a Restart ambassador, so we'll, we'll be coming on to that a little bit later. But first, we seem to be on a little bit of a Harlequins theme at the moment, as we had Ellie Boatman on. Last week, we're actually on a, a bit of a, a, a Quins back three theme, I guess. First question, as always on this podcast, comes from our partners at Talk Club, and that is, how are you today out of ten?
1: Out of ten, I'd say a nine. A nine out of ten. I, I probably that little one is probably I've just finished training, so I'm absolutely <laughs> exhausted. So, <laughs> but um, no, uh, it's, I'm doing really well actually. It's been a really positive week so far regarding my injury. Uh, I got some good news about that on the monday and it's the rehab has been flying so it's um it really has turned the corner and hopefully it just keeps going upwards from there
0: yeah amazing to hear you're in on and um the first component of the loose heads clubhouse podcast so the last guest as i said it was ellie boatman she has Mm -hmm. left you a question so her question to you is do you have any pre-match superstitions like, for example, eating the same food or wearing the same pants. So Ellie, Ellie actually said that she used to have the same morning routine before matches and that was to eat porridge. But it went out the window when she started on the seven Circuit and she started visiting some rogue places that didn't have porridge on the menu. <laughs> didn't have
1: porridge, yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I'm actually quite a superstitious person when it comes to rugby as well. So I won't list all of them. I yep. don't think it's... Uh, I don't think it's like... A lot of them I just find is like my routine, but I'd say superstitions probably Yeah, uh, eat the same meal before a game day. If I can, I'd have my mum's uh, spaghetti with ragu or wow. spaghetti bolognese, uh, uh, being Italian. Yeah. Uh, then when I get into the changing room on the day of the game, I sit down and take my boots out. And even if the studs are tightened as as tight as they can be, I still tighten every single one of them. Uh, uh, and then I also get dressed for in the match kit the same the exact same way every time so oh, wow. i think it goes i think it's undershorts shorts socks top waterproof wow and then tape on the socks and then yeah so yeah wow it's uh and yeah i, I don't really feel like i said i don't really think about it it's just yeah. stuff i that. I do, and I don't think it's like, if I, do, if I mess up one thing, it'll mess up my entire game, but that's some stuff I can think of.
0: Yeah, I guess we picked that question at exactly the right time, then, if you've got quite a few. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've
1: got quite a lot. It's quite weird. <laughs>
0: yeah, and now, and now, you know, with with, with this podcast, you know, uh, we have a lot of fun, but something and someone I just want to mention is Doddy Weir, and it, it shook the whole rugby community when the news broke on Saturday that we had lost... Uh, A true legend after his five year battle with motor neuron disease. And uh, just to give a bit of context to that to the listeners so, back in 2017, June 2017, just a month before the the birth of Lucids, actually, Doddy was diagnosed with motor neuron disease. And for those people who don't know, motor neuron disease attacks the nerves that control uh, movement, speech, breathing, swallowing, so that those muscles no longer work. And sufferers of the disease are confined to a wheelchair and, and even oxygen machines so absolutely no way to live and worst of all it has no cure. Lewis how sad that we've lost such a true legend and just how much of an impact did Doddy have on the rugby world?
1: I mean I I think that uh, Doddy and my dad played against each other at one point Um, I think it was towards the end of my dad's career probably but I do remember dad and him had a lot of chat I actually got to meet um, Doddy once at the World Rugby Awards. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, the year before COVID, yeah. and he was an amazing. Uh, he was amazing even a year after his diagnosis. You could see he's still the, like the life of the party, as it were. Everyone, he would always crack jokes, and um, and this from a person who's only met him once. And yeah. I, uh, he's to to me, it just was amazing the way he handled himself. And obviously, we all knew how great of a player he was on the field. But i think what everyone will remember him for is for how valiantly and he was when ever since he got diagnosed into, up until a few days ago it's um it really is quite sad but i, I think everyone will remember how brave and awareness he brought to rugby and motor neuron disease
0: yeah yeah nicely put I think through Doddy's efforts through his own foundation my name's Doddy he's raised over eight million pounds which has gone towards research and finding a cure for for the many sufferers around the world and I said it before we jumped on here but you know my uncle actually suffered with the disease so where this banned every day to remember him it's something that's close to my heart but Doddy's bravery and his battle inspired us all and just to mention a quote from the man himself um keep smiling keep positive and enjoy life
1: I think that's the most important thing is the way I think uh, I'm not obviously I don't know what his family saw of him every day but every time I saw him or every every time the public saw him it's it was always with a smile on his face and cracking jokes so I think that's a huge testament to the person he was
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there'll be tributes at every premiership rugby match this weekend, which obviously coincides with uh, Restart Rugby, which we mentioned at the very start of the podcast, where all players warm up in a red T-shirt. But of course, it's a lot, lot more than that. Lewis, as as an ambassador, can you just explain a little bit more about Restart Round and why it's so important?
1: Yes, um, so Restart Round has uh, been created by the RPA to support uh, players, especially in the mental health of our players. I think um, people have this stigma, Uh, that professional athletes such as us or professional rugby players we we're we're in such a great position that we shouldn't be upset or or have mental health issues or anything like that but a lot of us and it could be your teammate could be someone else a lot of us suffer from it and there's a lot of pressure being in the position that we are and I I think that what Restart is doing is amazing I think quite prevalent especially with the recent events with wasps and worcester um which is incredibly sad to hear and a lot of my friends have suffered from that and i think it's important that we keep raising awareness uh to mental health because it's just the most important thing i think in not only men's rugby but around the world
0: yeah yeah, and I think you said there it's come at a time which is a, a very uncertain time in rugby. Obviously, the recent events with Wasps and Worcester, a big driver behind this this whole campaign. Just how important is it from a personal perspective to have the RPA and restart available to you and, of course, the other lads as well?
1: Yes, it's, it's hugely important, I think. Um, to have that outlet to be able to talk to someone there's a 24-7 confidential counselling service if if anyone wants is too afraid to speak out to their family or friends there's always there was there will always be people who were willing to listen and I think it's it's especially important that we do that I think the RPA not only help on that aspect I think they help with life after rugby as well. Life after rugby can be incredibly hard. Um, obviously at the, hopefully the start of my career, a, a long career, <laughs> and um, I think retiring after rugby for doing it ten plus years, doing the same thing every single day, it can be really hard. And I know that RPA have helped a lot of people transition, and yep. um, they helped me get started with my uni, uh, university degree, which I'm currently doing. So. I think the more steps you can put in place to feel more comfortable now will really help you for after rugby.
0: Yeah. And it's something I was going to actually come on to. So, you know, we've spoken about this in previous episodes of the podcast with David Flatman and and Jacob Umaga, but, you know just, just how important it is to plan for, for life after rugby. So I guess you've already answered it a little bit, but here's a question to put you on your toes. You, you know, you're know you a young lad and you're at the very start of your playing career and no doubt you'll still be playing in, in years to come. But what preparation have you done to plan for life after rugby?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I kind of uh, answered it before. Yeah, <laughs> um, I started my university degree. Um, I'm doing economics at the nice. University of Surrey, which is um, where Harlequin's currently trained. And um, yeah, it's it's tough. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of um, a lot of balancing. And it, it does sometimes get a bit much on top of um, all the training and then having to come back home and do two or four hours worth of lectures or go to the uni or trying to fit in exams. But um, I think it's actually really helped me grow as a person. And yeah. it's actually really rewarding I, for someone who did well, at, uh, did okay at school But I think being able to come home from rugby and then do good work through, uh, in university is just, and when I actually start to get the stuff that, yeah. <laughs> that we're being taught, it's just like, wow, I can actually do this sort of stuff. So it's, yeah, it's really good.
0: Yeah. No, good on you. Good, very, uh, very busy man, it seems. And um, just coming back to the RPA and restart, um, obviously, working with professional players can you just explain how that works so just for those people listening they can get a better insight obviously you have a an rpa rep just how do you work with them
1: so yeah um rpa is um it's something that we can sign up to every year as a player so it's not um, a compulsory thing people can have the choice to do it the way that it works is uh we have a rep at each club we also have a uh, the rep is a player and then we have also um an RPA staff member who's involved with us as well. Honestly, I, I've, I, if you have any questions about them, the coaches usually go and tell you to ask the the RPA guys directly. And, and if anything, it's about education or anything you want to do outside rugby, they, there's, they have, contacts i don't know how they do it but yeah <laughs> they have um yeah. they have contacts in every in every department so it's really really helpful for someone who wants to do an apprenticeship or someone wants to start a uni degree or someone wants to do work experience at at a bank for example yeah. they will be they can put point you in the right direction and it's, it's, in some ways it's a bit like university they can give you the tools it's just about how you can how you apply yourself to make the most out of it basically
0: yeah, yeah, and the the person from the RPA side, they who looks after a couple of clubs. Who who is that for you? And and how do you, how often do you work with them?
1: Yeah, so we have done um, Donovan working with us. Um, we also, Luke Luke I know heads the whole program, and he was before Donovan. Donovan's been really helpful. Um, it was actually uh, Luke who introduced Donovan to me, and that's how my university got started in the first place. As I went to him, uh, I said I wanted to do this, and this was before. I got injured or anything like that. So um, we managed to get it all set up. We got in contact with the university and the university have also dealt with um, players before me. So it's it's a process they've gone through before. And it was really quick. It was really easy and we um, managed to get it sorted. And then actually the, <laughs> being injured was a little blessing in disguise because I've been able to keep on top of everything. And it's especially having not done education for three plus years, um, it was quite daunting, but I think yeah. I've worked my way into it quite nicely, and it's actually um, yielding quite good results now.
0: Nice, nice. We spoke about the injury just before we hit record as well. Um, how's how's it going? How's how's the injury? How's the how's the recovery?
1: Yes, yeah, it's going um, really well. Um, it was uh, it was a bit slow the last few weeks um, as after my second surgery they had to mess around with the kneecap part of the, uh, my knee and it, it was quite frustrating because every time I tried to put any load through through the knee my kneecap would flare up but um it's actually turned the corner that, at the start of this week that's why I'm a nine out of ten it's um <laughs> nice. it's been a it's been it's been really good this week and we've been it's been hard but it's um it's been uh really good to just be able to do stuff it's um i'm quite i'm really close to going back to running as well so it's um hopefully when people see this i will have been running and um and then i'm close to being
0: back yeah yeah, no, it'll be um, it'll be good to see you back. And obviously, talking about rugby, let's talk a little bit about uh, the actual playing side of rugby and, and Harlequins. And I think um, when I think of you, Lewis, I, I can't help but think of that semi final against Bristol, and then the final against yeah. Exeter to win it. Um, which yeah, which crazy match? Two weeks. Crazy two weeks. Which which one was your favorite? <laughs> oh, it's gonna have
1: <laughs> to be the final. <laughs> it's a, it's uh, <laughs> as good as the sem- that, because that's um, my dad uh, always told me that. Once the semi final had happened, he obviously didn't tell me this going into the final because it would have probably thrown me off there. But he always had thought, "Oh, that semi final was incredible." Um, but he, I'm scared, he, he was scared that we'd played our final in the semi final. I still obviously it's definitely the best day of my life yet. It's pretty, it was pretty cool to be able to be a part of that as and for yeah. sort of the journey we went through as a team um, that season to have to cap. The season off with that semi-final and then that final. It's it was very fitting, I believe.
0: Yeah, and I was just doing a little bit of a a little bit of research before we jumped on the podcast, and I actually watched. I actually found myself watching both games. The highlights (laughs) of um, of Bristol, and um, I thought. I watched the semi-final first, as you do, chronological order, and um, I thought that's the best game I've ever watched. And then I watched the final, and I was actually I watched the first the semi-final. I worked for Bristol Bears at that point as well so I was actually didn't watch it in the stadium but I watched um I watched the final in the stadium mm-hmm. and actually when I watched the highlights back I thought actually no that's the best game I've ever seen yeah. and genuinely the two of the best games that I think I've I've ever seen
1: it's pretty amazing that um I think not only to have those two games but for them for people to say the Bristol game was the best Premiership game they'd ever seen and then then the next game people will just be like, you know what, scratch that. <laughs> it's, this is the best <laughs> game. It's just, it's, it's just amazing that the way we've managed to play can create something like that. And I think um, it was also a testament to the two teams we played. I think Bristol yeah. and Exeter yeah. do want to play fast, expansive type of rugby, and which really suited us and obviously created two amazing games. And um, it, it could have gone either way. Uh, on both games but I think I think it's just it was just meant to be
0: no it was amazing to watch as a as a sale fan um, obviously <laughs> we went out in yeah. the semis so I was supporting Quinns in the final anyway so um, mm. it was nice to see you go over the, the two tries obviously in the final to essentially win it for Quins. just what was it like to go over yeah, that is over that line. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm sure when you when you um yeah, look the uh, the final bag, uh, I think I can't remember if it was the first or second try, but I'm pretty sure I was smiling at my family in the stands like cheering, oh, wow. cheering, and I could see my dad being like, "Turn around and focus on the game; it's not over." And I was just like, <laughs> "Oh, gee, I look like an idiot now," but <laughs> no, I just I, I was just doing I, like that. I think it was ten minutes where those two tries happened it was it was just yeah. a blur it was i if i can try if i try to remember exactly what happened in those 10 minutes apart from the tries i genuinely can't remember anything it's um wow. it's yeah and like i said it if that was the best day of my life that those two that 10 minutes is the best like single mo- two moments of my life yeah. it was just you know when you're sitting at home and just like sitting at home as a kid and before you go to sleep you put yourself in imaginary situations and just feel feel what it's like oh he goes over for the winning try twicken him in front of annoyingly it wasn't in front of eighty thousand fans but um, <laughs> um i genuinely have pictured myself doing that and to be able to do it is genuine i i especially the second time the second try i i think i threw the ball and shouted at the crowd yeah. i just didn't know what i was doing it was like it was kind of just <laughs> Literally, it felt like, like cloud nine. <laughs> that's the closest the dream to, literally closest dream I've ever felt to not to an out-of-body experience, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's amazing. I've, you said there it wasn't a, a full day at Twicken. It wasn't 80,000 people, but it, it certainly sounded like it when yeah. you went yeah. over for that final try. Yeah. It certainly did. No,
1: that's, a, that's, that's what was so crazy. I, I remember it happening, and, I, and then I've re-watched the game. And you look at the stand; it's it's so empty. But when you're when yeah. I was actually playing that, I could hardly hear anything. It was incredible. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was one of those. I was one of those shouting when you went over for that. And I'm not even a quince fan, but there you go. <laughs> a, I a, rugby
1: fan. Oh, it was just it was incredible. Yeah, it was really is. Yeah. I, I can't really, yeah. really want to repeat that day. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, in in my career, there will be. Several more times that it happens.
0: Yeah. Quiet night after winning the Premiership, then.
1: Yeah, I actually just went home and chilled out. <laughs> <laughs> Had plenty of water to rehydrate. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I saw about a hundred Instagram stories of you boys in the ship in Wandsworth. Uh, I think that's a lie. Yeah,
1: no, <laughs> <laughs> no it's actually as much as we love it. There, I think it was the Cabbage Patch after the fight. Cabbage Patch
0: straight after, yeah. and then the, the ship for about the five days after. Yeah, that. that's
1: it. Yeah, no, yeah. I think boys, there was like day one, day two, and day three loads of people committed and then there was still like a yeah. day eight where people were still going and i was like i tapped out by that point i figured i was on holiday and i was just like you know i'm good <laughs>
0: uh, i'm good right was <laughs> who was it who was it still there on day eight who would have uh, been the, the
1: culprit <laughs> um well uh uh yeah james chisholm was uh loves it um yeah a few of the boys like uh yeah well evans james chisholm they all they all live together as well so they're they were, they, okay. they were absolutely loving it.
0: The Loose Clubhouse podcast is sponsored by two wonderful organisations. Days, non-alcoholic beer, 100% beer, 0% alcohol, brewed in Scotland and B Corp certified. 2% of their sales go towards progressive mental health initiatives. It's beer for doing and great for active people and opening up conversations. They have just launched in Wagamamas and Tesco. It tastes great and they've provided us with a special discount just for you. Enter code LUCEDS20 for 20% off at checkout. And 4.5, CBD and vitamin brand created by professional rugby players George Cruz and Dom Day after suffering injuries during their playing careers. They have thousands of athlete customers and are the official wellness partner to Leicester Tigers and Saracens. You can find them in Boots, Next and Tesco. And exciting news, they have just launched their hydration tablet. They too have provided us with a bespoke discount code Enter code LH20 for 20% off over at their website, 45.com. It's something that is on your mind, I'm sure, is scoring more tries at Twickenham. And I just want to talk to you about that because obviously the ambition is to get that first cap for England. And I just wanted to ask you about what your dad, Michael Liner, played 72 times for Australia, what, what he thinks of that and how that conversation initially went with your dad when Eddie came knocking.
1: I think, yeah, it was, um, it was a, a conversation we've had way before that as well I think it's always been since because I've lived here since I was four or five so it's um it's been and the more I've grown up and the more I've played rugby and the more as evidence I was okay at it (laughs) um it was it got to the point where me and my dad were like look if I if I do end up playing for England would you be okay with that and obviously this was years ago and he'd be like well we'd have to talk about it but I'd, I'd support you regardless of the team and I'm sure if you asked him and I think he's been asked multiple times, like England v Australia, unless you know, playing for England, who would you support? And he's always said, I'd support well, me and England at that that uh i yeah. um, think he's he's a great father uh for a great dad for me and people always talk about oh, england v australia oh, your dad's played so much for australia surely you can't do that <laughs> to him but he's he's reassured me he understands that uh the the situation i'm in and i think playing for any international team i mean is yeah. is a dream for any kid and i'll take it i can also play for italy so <laughs> um yeah yeah so, um, yeah yeah. Honestly, I, if I got the opportunity to get caps for any of those teams, it would be it would be amazing, and I'm re- I'm that's the goal I'm working. To. Well, the goal right now is getting back fit for Quinns, but ultimate yeah. goal is getting there. So I really. Yeah, hope to be
0: there one day. Yeah, no. Wish you the best of luck with with that. I guess the the conversation with your mum was a little bit a little bit different.
1: <laughs> I do love Italy. It's a great place. Um, but uh, yeah, there's no pressure pressure there on my mum's side. She didn't play for Italy, so <laughs> <laughs> <It's> fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah we we spoke to uh, when we spoke to Jacob and Margar on the podcast mm-hmm. um we spoke about carrying a fairly a fairly famous surname and I'm sure you get asked that quite a lot but just how do you deal with it how is it
1: uh, yeah um as you said I've I've been asked this quite a lot and it's something I've had to deal with since I was playing minis rugbys uh down at Richmond uh yeah. since I came from Italy to here. And I d I didn't even I didn't really notice it until I was about probably thirteen or fourteen and I kind of noticed that um people would pay extra attention to me or coaches would pay extra attention or parents, especially at school level if yeah. I didn't if I didn't score a hat trick every game. People would go around saying i'm 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 nothing i'm like I'm not good," <laughs> and they would obviously say, yeah uh, they'd say I'm not good, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> but then um yeah, a lot not not pressure pressurizing at all, but then um it's funny because uh, when we played Saracens, I think in when I'd started playing a bit more of Saracens at home, and uh the polars were playing for Saracens, and um, I remember really early on, I think it was the first five minutes. I ran in and I got attacked by Maco and Billy, and then it got blown for an advantage we had. And I remember standing up and Billy just looking at me and being like, "Where's your dad now?" And I was like, "Really, <laughs> really? <laughs> Come on!" <laughs> it's, I expect that from. Oh, it's it's funny. Um, no, it's it's it quite funny now. There's my friends always joke about it, and it's I I find it. Um, and he's my dad's never put any pressure on me to follow a legacy yeah. in, in quotation marks um yeah. i think it's very much i'm making my own path and I, yeah. he will tell you that i have hardly asked for any of his help <laughs> but he uh, now that i'm older i think we talk about games we watch back games together we watch games together and we talk about we talk yeah. about the game more because he's he can't run anymore so <laughs> so <laughs> but, um no it's it's easy to deal with uh, now that I've gotten older yeah. i just let my game do the talking really
0: yeah no that's a great attitude to have and i think it's similar to what jacob and margo was saying um you know cr- try to create that, that your own identity and 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 live push on and 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 make a name for yourself and and that's exactly what you're doing and and, and hats off to you and i whilst on um Whilst on sort of uh, the, the liner household, I just want to um, ask another question. I think you know we're, we're entering into Christmas season at the moment, and people will be yeah, yeah. obviously enjoying opening their Advent calendars. What's uh, yeah. what's Christmas like in the liner household, and are there any Christmas traditions?
1: Yeah, so obviously being half, half Italian, there's plenty of traditions uh, through my mum's side. Um, Australians don't really have too many traditions, I don't think. But yeah, Italy christmas eve we have uh oh christmas eve lunch we have this uh, spe- uh special spaghetti called bigoli in salsa right. which is uh like a really nice um thick spaghetti with um anchovies and anchovy paste it's really good then in the evening we have fish uh and then going into christmas day traditions what do we do we watch uh, die hard uh which is a uh, boy's <laughs> course, the boy's, yeah. the boys <laughs> favorite which is really good uh we have a massive ham like every year since we've grown up my mum keeps on buying a bigger and bigger ham i think (laughs) we've got to a i think a two and a half kilo ham this year so (laughs) it goes within a, a day i reckon um because obviously having two younger brothers who are nearly adults now so yeah no it's uh i think that's all the traditions we have uh my dad always has a ham and avocado sandwich on Boxing Day as well. So.
0: <laughs> always <laughs> always uh, good to eat the leftovers from Christmas Day on Boxing Day. I think that's what Boxing Day is designed for, really, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's,
1: uh, that's the, uno- yeah, uh, the, unofficial, uh, the unofficial term for Boxing Day is go on a walk and eat the leftovers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. And whilst on Christmas, I just want to ask you a few Christmas favourites. Um, film, okay. song and food is what I was going to ask, but maybe you've answered them already. Um, but your favourite favourite Christmas film probably Die
1: Hard yeah, yeah already answered or, that one or, 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 or Love Actually one of the two yeah yeah, yeah. depends what mood I'm in <laughs> yeah. yeah I was yeah. actually
0: at, um, I was at a shoot with some of the a photo shoot with some of the Saracens boys yeah. yesterday and they were saying that they were watching they'd been watching Love Actually already so getting in the Christmas mood oh so really already a, yeah exactly exactly oh, And uh, favourite Christmas song
1: oh god um <laughs> probably oh my god
0: uh i'll give you my one i'll give i'll give you my one my one is uh sleigh ride i think it's the renette which the one that goes um
1: oh yes that's a good one (laughs) that's a a very good one uh i think probably rudolph the red nose rudolph probably uh, yeah uh, the classic uh If you ever get Jack Kenningham on here, ask him to do Rudolph the Red Nose Ring. He does a great rendition.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We'll have to do that. that, (laughs) We'll have have to get him on now. We have to get him on. Before (laughs) Christmas as well. Before Christmas. Or on Christmas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And favourite food? Or is it the ham? Oh, yeah. It's going to have to just be ham. Just a massive slice of ham. Um, Or I love cranberry sauce, actually. It's really good. I am a Uh, massive
0: fan of cranberry sauce. I, I
1: don't know why people don't like it. It's just like, it counteracts everything else so well. Uh, I think it's a great addition.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I actually had, for lunch today, I had a, uh, a brie and cranberry sandwich. So there we go.
1: Really? Wow,
0: yeah. look at you. Yeah. Getting all, getting all <laughs> Christmassy. Getting yeah. all Christmassy, yeah. And are you are you yeah. someone who gets your Christmas shopping done early or do you leave it until the last minute?
1: So yeah, awesome. yeah, I leave. I do. I'm quite organised. i oh, wow. I, I think I'm all. I'm halfway done. I reckon.
0: Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I've not done I'd, anything yet.
1: I've, yeah, no. I keep. I got. I've got ideas for loads of, of all my for everyone. My girlfriend, my family. My girlfriend yeah. tells me what she wants to. Do. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's sorted. Um, no, but um yeah it's really it's really i I love christmas my birthday's on the weekend as well so december's a great month for me
0: (laughs) amazing (laughs) amazing and perhaps something on your christmas list this year is a video game i know you're something that you've previously mentioned in an interview that you've done is that you're a keen gamer (laughs) tell us a little bit more about that
1: oh yeah god well i I can't turn my camera around and now but i'm in my room currently (laughs) and then my um PC setup is over there so yeah I'm a bit of a nerd to be honest uh I don't my all my friends my friends don't let me forget it as well but um they're just jealous I reckon because I'm better <laughs> uh no but I do love I do love playing video games it's um Call of Duty is probably my favorite but um yeah. I do play a bit of FIFA um bit of F1 Yeah. um I'd love I like I like I love all sports so I'm yeah. I'm very into I play a lot of NBA 2K, so yeah. um, it's a good because my brother, um, who plays for the Brisbane Reds and he lives over in Australia, um, he's come back for a month, so um, it's been personally amazing to see him, but also he loves FIFA as well, so it's been yeah. really good to still make sure I'm better than him.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I've not played it in a while. I was terrible at Call of Duty, but I'm more of a FIFA player, but I've always enjoyed it, and um i agree it's it's about catching up with your mates, and I haven't done it in a while, but i exactly. I live down in Bristol, and all my mates are up north, so it's a good chance to sort of catch up and connect and it's it's that whole it's that whole connection piece, isn't it
1: well i think i, I don't think people I, I, a lot of people don't realize why like why do you play so much video games yeah. not just me but speaking generally but a bit, one of the main reasons for me is that i I love playing with my mates I think it's the best thing and yeah. I think more people started to realize that in covid every literally what me and my mates would do i'd go spend the whole day training and with my brothers and then in the evenings everyone would hop on and it's like yeah i might not be able i haven't seen you guys in months but i basically have been with you for the whole time because i've been talking to you and, and i think that's one of the best things about video games and i've been doing it since i was wow uh 11 years old yeah like it's uh it's a huge part of my life and i just the whole social aspect is what i love about it
0: yeah my parents always used to say is it real life I was like, yes, it is real life. Yes, Yes. it is. It's important, mum. (laughs) Now leave me
1: alone, please.
0: (laughs) And I think um, every, every guest that comes on this podcast, we try and set them a challenge. So it's become a bit of a... It's become me just asking players to do a certain celebration when they score. But let's change it up a little bit for this one. And let's have a game of FIFA. And if I win... Let's get you to do a FIFA celebration next time you score. And if you win, you get to dish out the forfeit.
1: I've really got practice to <laughs> what, so before, all, what FIFA celebration are you going to make me do? That's the problem. Oh, I'll have
0: to think about that. I haven't played FIFA in so long, so maybe now's a great great time to catch me at FIFA because I've yeah, not played it yeah, in so okay. long.
1: We're going to have to sort that out. Time goes, I'm going to get on straight <laughs> after
0: this. <and> <laughs> <laughs> right, it's on, it's on. We'll have a game of FIFA, we'll clip this up and we'll see That's who brilliant. wins. Yeah. Um, be- just um, just, just going on to the, the penultimate, Sort of part of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Pensive Pre Pod Poo Ponder, and it's sponsored by Sam James. And this week's ponder yeah. actually made me laugh quite a bit, actually, because it's something that's happened to all of us. But genuinely, it's happened so much to me recently. And the question or the ponder is: Where do all the missing socks go? Oh
1: my god, that's like shower thoughts, isn't it? Just, yeah, that's right. exactly
0: what this is. Yeah,
1: that's a good question because I've been starting to miss <laughs> socks. <as well. laughs> I've got a I've got a dog, but but I know it doesn't eat socks and stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, now I'm worried. I, <laughs> I might have a I might have someone living in my attic. One to <laughs> ponder
0: anyway. It's, I guess it's it's not really one that needs an answer. It's just one for us to have a little bit of a think about. But... Like,
1: I, I would love to have a camera somewhere just to track it. Yeah, <laughs> where, yeah. Where, they, where they all go.
0: I guess Christmas is a time where we all cro- uh, all, all stock up on socks anyway. So um, hopefully, I'll, I'll get a few socks this year. Good, Yeah, the,
1: the older I get, that's that's what my dad gets. He gets like three pairs of socks every Christmas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dads are always happy with a pair of socks. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the final the final bit just before we we you know finish up. What is your question for the start of the podcast with our next guest, which I think might be. It might be Tommy Allen, which is your teammate.
1: Oh, okay. Um, Tommy Allen, what can I ask him? Uh, what, um, what is your favorite
0: pizza? Oh, that's a great one. That is a great one. What's your favorite pizza topping?
1: Oh, I wouldn't say pizza topping. I'd say just pizza in general, because as, as Italian, he'll know there's tons of millions yeah. of different pizza. I'd probably say probably uh, a Diavola. What's this that? Is, uh, it's spicy. It's got like uh, a sausage.
0: Ah, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Pepperoni. It's, oh, it's beautiful. Uh, a bit of parma ham as well. So yeah, that's probably my favourite. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I'll be sure to ask that to the next guest who I think might be might be Tommy. Um, okay. And then just to, um, just to just one final question, coming back to restart. Um, I think you know being a being a professional rugby player can be unpredictable, but restart wants players to know that there is a place to turn should things take a turn for the worst. And you mentioned it before, Lewis, but the, the restart has a twenty four seven confidential counselling service so that players can reach out for support. You know just how important are people like Joe Marler in your squad for opening up that conversation and making sure players realise that it's not a weakness to reach out.
1: Joe is a huge part of our not only our team, but I think rugby. As an entire sport, he's a huge character. He's uh, he's not afraid to be who he is, sort of thing. And I think that's one of the most amazing things. and there's been a huge stigma in the past that rugby you have to be a certain type of person, you have to you have to have to have a certain yeah. type of humor, etc. And I think something Joe Harlequin's and a lot of rugby has come to see is that you will get the best out of people letting them just do whatever they want or be whoever they want and i think yeah um joe has made it such a big thing he will always ask you how you are and at the moment he can sense there's something wrong which he's very good at he'll ask about it and he he probably won't leave until he gets it out of you so um and he'll and he'll and he's always even though if you meet him you're like whoa. Jamala, you, he seems quite like scary and he'll probably make fun of you as yeah. when he meets you but he's actually an um, incredibly intelligent person and will always look out for you and do um, and help you in any way he can so uh, he's done it for me but coming through as a 18 year old when I started playing for the first team he was one of the first people to look out for me um yeah same with Mike Brown Marcus they all have helped me in different ways but If we're talking about restart and what that stands for, I think Joe is the ultimate ambassador for that.
0: Yeah, no, it's incredible to hear. And it's great to have people like that and characters like that in in the game of rugby. And it's what makes rugby so special as well. I think finally, let's just mention that, you know, if if those people listening to this podcast, if you want to support the restart round, you can do by signing up to Easy Fundraising, bidding in their auction or texting for our players to 70409. Um, Thanks. Thanks, Lewis, for coming on. Um, It's a great, it was a great chat. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Go well for the rest of the season. When uh, when that first game of the season comes and hopefully we'll catch up soon.
1: No, thank you so much, Rob. It was uh it was great to be on and yeah, like you said, hopefully be back on the pitch ASAP and continue to do my thing.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it.
1: Thank you very awesome. much. Cheers.